Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, which is if you always wanted to be able to find a Bible verse, that's a re- here's your chance. It's in the, probably like on the first page of the Bible, and so you could totally nail it, and you could, you know, be the winner, post that on your social media, like, I totally found a Bible verse today. Uh, we're going to start with uh, an imaginary interaction with someone, if they happen to say this to you, maybe a new friend, maybe if I came to you and I said, hey, tell me about yourself. Here's my guess. What our mind does is it shifts into different areas or categories of life to describe ourselves. So you might think physically, well, tell me about yourself. And you might think physically, I'm amazing. (laughs) I personally wouldn't think that of myself because I think, oh, physically, I'm uh, getting a little flabby around the waist as I age. But that's me. You're amazing. Does that, like we think in categories, or maybe you're athletic, or maybe, you know, we think in those terms, and that's not the only category. You might think, well, professionally, I am a, you know, and then you fill that in. Relationally, you might go, oh, you know, who, who am I? Well, I'm, I'm married, or I'm single, or I'm happily married, or I'm married, or I'm not so happy, you know. We, those things, also you could, you could include your spirit, the spiritual category, like I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a Christian, I'm, a, I'm Catholic, I'm curious about religion, I am agnostic, right? There's these categories uh, of life that describe, oh, who am I or who you are? I bring that up because I would submit to you that whatever goes off in our brains regarding who we are has a very real effect on what we do. So, if I think, well, I'm a little chubby around the waist, I might then, when you offer me a second piece of pie, I might decline that because I'm aware that it, or I might just eat it because I'm going for it. But, you know, like who we are in our brains, it affects how we act. If you're a salesperson and you know that connecting to other people, it might make you connect with others. If you're married, that should probably, it should affect how you act if you're married. Did you not know that? Yeah, it should affect how you act if you're a follower of Jesus. That affects so, should affect so many areas. And if we embrace that understanding of who we are, it, act, it does affect what we do. Are you with me with that? It reminded me of a saying. This is from an old, kind of a famous old martial arts guy named Bruce Lee. Anybody remember Bruce Lee? Oh, no. He made a lot of noises when he beat people up. Okay. He says, as you think, right? What goes on up here, as you think, so shall you become. He may have gotten that from Proverbs chapter 23, 7 in the Bible. In an old King James version of the Bible, it says, as he thinketh 
in his heart, so is he. So the big idea here is what we see ourselves as, what we believe about ourselves, manifests and influences our action. A uh, shift here that may be why fairly regularly in the Bible, God speaks toward our identity. Let me give you some Bible verses. In Matthew 5, 14, it says to us, if you're a follower of Jesus, by the way, it says to you, if as the Lord would try to draw you into a relationship with himself, it says you are the light of the world. And if we embrace that, that affects our activity. You're the light of the world. Oh, that affects how we might act. And Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's masterpiece. Oh, it doesn't say we are God's mistake. That would be a different mentality cause us probably to act differently. We're God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things. 1 Corinthians 6, your bodies are the temple, are temples of the Holy Spirit. Well, that makes a difference. This next one affects me and just in a positive way in John 15, Jesus is calling, he's sharing with his followers, disciples. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're God's friend. And one with a lot of punch to it in 1 Peter says, you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Hold those thoughts. We're kicking off a series called Four Questions. And we're going to explore, I think, questions that how we answer these questions will have great influence over our lives. The first question is, who am I? By the way, over the next few weeks, we'll deal with who am I, where do I belong, what difference can I make, and why does God matter? But today we're talking about who am I? And the plan is to learn from Genesis chapter 1 where we get maybe the best glimpse into when God created you, what was he thinking in his head about you, right? What was the plan? What does he see us as? Um, so here's what's been going on, and then we'll land in verse 26. God is in the midst of creation, so he's, uh, for five periods of time, days, uh, he has created uh, sun, light, separated water from land, animals, and we now get to the sixth day. By the way, after every day of creation, he said, that was good. And he creates him and he said, oh, that was, that was good. That's good. And now he's getting to the end, and on the sixth day, he creates human beings. And uh, so let's, let's read it. 
Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image. Pause. By the way, if you've been around Christianity, you may have heard of the Trinity or the concept that God is in three forms, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is one of the references that indicates that. I don't understand how all that works, but I believe it's true. Because even here, God doesn't say, hmm, how shall I make people? He says, let us, I believe there's this somehow sovereign, divine dialogue between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us make mankind in our image. In our likeness. So that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Title of the talk is, Who Am I? And I want to note two like fundamental observations. When God sees you, when God sees me, here's what's in his mind. We're going to personalize it uh, on the handout. And it's according to God, I am. We're going to fill some things out. So let me pray. And we'll look at a couple things. God, I do ask that there would be a, uh, that your power would come and make adjustments in our minds. Identity is a really, 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 really big deal. How we understand ourselves has such a huge effect on our everyday life. So uh, be it, be a great teacher today. I'll give my best shot, but will you teach us and talk to us and bring power to the next few minutes? In Jesus' name, amen. First idea. According to God, I am filled with, write this in, potential. According to God, you are, even I am, filled with potential. We're going to talk a little bit about how God looks down at us and sees an incredibly high capacity within you. In, in verse 26, it says, then God says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Pause. The context of this our image deal is huge because what did our image, God, just end up, just finish up doing? He's just spent five days doing the most incredible, detailed, powerful, creative process ever in history. Does that make sense? So he just spoke and the lights came on and then he you know, did this, and then the, the planets began to swirl, and then he focused on the, the earth, and he said, well, we'll put the water here, and then the land over here, and then we'll do some creatures, and here's some of the Bible verse, right? And God said, let there be light, and, right? The light, there was light, let the water be there, and go over that. I'm kind of paraphrasing. Next one. <laughs> right? Land produced, veget land produced vegetation, 
Let the water teem with living creatures. Let the birds fly and the land produce living. All this just happened, right? That's the history. And then God, that's what God did. And then he says, okay, mankind, let's make them like us. Do you see the connection there? That's a, (laughs) I just thought of a word. It's probably not, I'm not going to say it. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes I have really bad things that come to my mind. That was one of them. Okay. That's a bunch of potential. That's a bunch. I don't know. Do you see there's a very high view of human beings to say, if you consider that creative process, that incredibly powerful creative, God says some of that's in you. Some of that's in you. You've been created in his image. You can write this in. When God sees humanity, he has high hopes. High hopes. And if you would, I'd like you to add something to your handout if you're writing things down. Just write out to the side in parentheses, expectations. High expectations. I just done creating the universe, going to make you like me. Wow. Now, aside, yes, sin has entered the picture and has messed us up quite a bit. Amen? Sin has messed us up quite a bit. But throughout the Bible, God consistently still sees human beings and calls them to incredibly high tasks. Incredibly high tasks. He called an Old Testament guy named Abraham and and said to him, you're going to be the father of many nations. And when he said it to Abraham... He was really performing fairly average regarding the procreation thing. He was old. He hadn't been able. He probably, you know, was doing okay with the sex thing, but it wasn't working. I said sex in church. How many of you are embarrassed? I said sex in church. Right? So I'm sure he knew how to do it, but it just wasn't happening. So he actually had gone through his whole life, and he and his wife could not get pregnant. And God says to that guy, you're going to be the father of many. You're going to have a gazillion offspring. That's what he saw in Abraham. In Noah, he told this guy, you're going to build a boat in an arid region, and it's going to basically save mankind and the animal kingdom, and you're going to build that boat. And there's no record that Noah had any boat-building skills before God said, you're going to build the boat. Moses, he basically gave him the assignment, you're going to save two million Israelites from slavery. By the way, most of these, and and these are men, it's similar with different uh, women in the Bible, most of the time, even God's assignment to these individuals, the the individual would go, you got to be kidding me, I can't, I can't do all that. And God would be, oh yes you can. There's a young man in the Old Testament named David who was average height, probably about 15 years old, and his assignment was to go beat up and kill a nine-foot-tall professional soldier. By the way, most other people didn't, nobody else thought that David could do it, but God looked down at David and said, you're the guy, go do it. It transitions into the New Testament where Jesus says to his followers, here's one of the assignments to guys who are followers of Jesus. 
as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Here's their assignment. Here's what God sees in them. Here's what you're going to do. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Go for it. Do you see the standard and the expectation in that? Doesn't that really blow away some of our small thinking about what Christianity is? And you, you, know, you think, well, I'm a Christian, so I'm not going to cuss quite as much today. That's it? Does that, or I'm not going to say it out loud because I'm a Christian. I'm going to think it all the time. Does that, or, you know, I'm a Christian today. I'm going to pay most of my taxes because I'm a Christian. Do you see what I'm like? Do you get it? Like sometimes our, the bar is set so low, you know, trying to only, I'm only going to have three felonies because I'm a Christian. Like that's the goal. Or I'm going to try to be kind and nice. Or I'm going to serve at church, you know, twice a year. Or I'm going to stop after church and I'm going to buy, instead of going to Arby's, I'm going to go and get Nelson's chicken because they're supporting missionary thing, right? This is the big, I'm going to help the cheerleaders with the car wash because I'm a follower of Jesus. And what I would say, you're not following anything. What's he talking about? <laughs> well, what, what, I'm, what I'm saying here is I think sometimes, no, this is not I think sometimes. Regularly, humanity, you and I and people have adopted some same, lame, tame, small idea of what our potential is and what God has called us to do and to be. When God would look down and say, you are created in my image. Come on, get a goal. This is my experience in my Christian life as well. God keeps pushing me to stretch. Physically, he would say to me, Mark, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Get control over your body. He says to me financially, manage your money so that you will have enough for your family and manage it so that you will be able to be generous with other people. That's why I call you to manage your money. He has said to me from the day I got married, get married, this marriage is your whole life. It is for your whole life. You only, this is your one time, you, this is it. And by the way, if you've messed up another one, God would say to you, this is the marriage, you made a covenant with that person, what, stay married. Spiritually, he gives us assignments. Pray every day for that person. Pray. I thought of this verse, Matthew 5, 43. You have heard it was said, Jesus is teaching. He says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Well, that's a pretty easy standard, right? Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. I can do that one. But then he says to his followers or to humanity, he says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's what I see in you. You can do more than just what everybody does. And after that, in verse 48, it says, here you go, in case you thought the standard was low, it says, just be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. 
So here's a question you can fill in to try to bring this into application. Does my mental dialogue, because we're talking about our own identity, how we see ourselves, does my mental dialogue challenge me or excuse me? Does my mental dialogue consistently just give me excuses to make me okay with lowering the bar? Or does my mental dialogue challenge me to live like the image of God? I think there's too much dialogue happening at times. And I, I think I understand what, we're, what we say when we say this. But too often we're quoting things like, well, I'm only human. Instead of adding to that, I'm a human being made in the image of God. Does that make sense? I'm, boy, if you add that, I'm, the, I'm a human being made in the image of God. It changes the, well, I'm only human, which is kind of an excuse for I'm going to be a pinhead today. Or I'm going to go ahead and do what I will. Does that pinhead, it's in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. I want to see if I can clarify this. It came out kind of raw, the first service. But hey, let's give it a shot. Put it on video. Um, big difference when God created animals, day like four or five. God created animal, the animal kingdom. Then he created human beings. That's a different day. Do not think we're all created in the same. No, he created animals, done. Now I'm going to create human beings in my image. Don't, don't ever think we are supposed to act like animals. You are not created like an animal. You are not an animal. Don't act like an animal. And then I had this thought. A couple nights ago, I couldn't sleep very well, so I got up 3 a.m., flipped on the television, did you know that the Jerry Springer show is still on television? <laughs> so I watched it a little bit. Me and the Lord. But it, how many of you have heard of the Jerry Springer show? <laughs> I'm taking a picture of this. How many of you watched the Jerry Springer show? Don't you do what they, okay. Anyway, I'm, I, first of all, I was surprised. I'm like, You're, this is still on, and I was just thinking, this, well, here's, here's a thought that kind of made it into the talk. If there's an area of my life that qualifies me for the Jerry Springer show, you need to change some things. <laughs> because you are not an animal. Does that make, we are not the standard, what happened? I'll give you another one. This may not work either. I was at a fast food restaurant the other day. I came out and some people had gotten their fast food and they were sitting in a car over here. I watched them roll down their electric window and they took their bag with their empties and stuff in it. They just tossed it out the window into the parking lot and then the cups that they had drank their Diet Coke or whatever, you know, they just threw them out. There's a trash can, eight steps from their car. And I was um, um, confused, amazed, 
frustrated. And as I considered that, I thought, are we animals? That we just would just throw our, just like wherever it lands? (laughs) Oh gosh, I might get in trouble with God for this. You know, a dog will just take a crap and keep on walking. And we are not dogs, my friends. Even a dog will go and try to do something. And there are times I think God looks down and says, what are we acting like? You are not an animal. You are a, you are a, you are a special masterpiece created by me to do amazing things. Don't act like animals. Grow up, be, does that make sense? What I think, okay, you get the point. Don't be like a dog. Human beings go to restrooms. Never mind. Okay, so a little exercise here. What is one area of my life I should step up my game? Because God looks down and says, you are a human being created in my image. That is unacceptable behavior. I've got better things planned for you. Um, side little definition. Our, we've, I think we've lost the definition of love. Sometimes we too often think, well, love is lowering the bar for, for others. I've got, got a couple words, some challenges, and then we'll finish up this point. A note to parents. Love raises the bar with your kids. Love doesn't bring excuses and say, well, he's only three. He's only seven. Love balances he's only seven to he's a seven-year-old created in the image of God. And does that make sense? We have mistakenly believed that love is bringing the bar down to our child who may struggle with focus. Welcome to all children in the whole world. They struggle with focus, and instead of saying, well, he's not going to be able to do that, a good dad or good mom will say, you may struggle with that. I'm going to come alongside you, and you're going to be able to do that. Is that, see, we're stepping on toes now, but this is kind of messed up. God keeps challenging us. He sees what we can become, doesn't change the bar and say, oh, yeah, well, I know he's 13, and he still acts like a six-year-old. I'm not talking about, men, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Raise the bar so that they can be all that God has created them to be. I remember my dad, different scenarios like this. Gosh, time is flying. I remember there were times Bud McBride came over to our house. And when I was four, Bud was huge. Drove in on his motorcycle. And Bud would, this would be an example of something that happened. Bud, Bud would put out his hand and he would, because he knew who I was. I was Wayne's son. And he would say, hi, Mark. And I would be like, oh, that's giant man, bud. And I remember, I know what my father would have done in that moment. He would say, Mark, you go up and you shake his hand. But I'm <laughs> And so was I courageous? No. Did I do it? Yes. And by the way, I became Bud's friend. Last year I did Bud's funeral. Don't let you, okay, you get my point. If you want a little extra there, if you want to be a world changer, see great potential in other people. Don't see them where they're at. See what they could be. Old story about a ministry leader befriended. 
the neighborhood porn, stop, porn store owner told him one day, you're probably supposed to be a pastor. Invited him to, this, to the ministry center. Long story short, the guy quit the porn store, became a missionary because somebody said, God made you for something better than this. First idea was, according to God, I'm filled with potential. Second idea is, according to God, I'm subordinate. I'm sorry, I'm not subordinate to much. I'm not subordinate to much. I'm not subject to much. Verse 26, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over. Everybody say, rule over. Rule over the fish, the birds, the livestock, and all the, all the wild animals. Lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my. Even the wild animals. No, no, no. You're going to rule over them. This word rule over in uh, the Hebrew sounds something like rada. And it means to have dominion, rule, dominate, prevail. We're going to go quickly to get through this point. To prevail. It doesn't mean we won't take a punch. It means ultimately we will prevail. My brother, growing up, he's three, he was always three years older than me. Up till I was 15, I have different memories of him, you know, kind of beating me up and holding me down. And I remember at times thinking, man, there's going to be a day when this is all going to change. And it happened when I was about 16. And he was 19. And we're the same age. And from that point on, he never prevailed over me again. We became equals, and I may have gotten a good punch in. But I was not destined to be subject to him my whole life. And you transfer that. There are things in your life that in seasons, they may punch you, they may hold you down. God looks at you and says, that is not supposed to define you. And I have created you to prevail over that. Luke 10, 19. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Same kind of word. No temptation has overtaken you, 1 Corinthians 10, except what's common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear or what, beyond what you can stand up under. Romans 8.37 says, in all things we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. What in the heck is that? I'd just settle for a conqueror, but you're more than conquerors. Uh, remember the old Rocky movies? I saw a little part of a Rocky movie. The whole movie, every Rocky movie, Rocky 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. All, it's the same movie, right? Rocky's getting the snot kicked out of him, but at the end he prevails, even if he's all bloody, right? And Adrian's calling, Rocky! Adrian! Rocky! Adrian! And he wins in the end. And some of that Rocky stuff, God, this is the point, God sees this in you. God, yes, you're going to take punches, but God says and sees in you, you're going to get up. You can fill that in. We may take a punch, but in Christ we will prevail. It's the idea of God-given resilience. 
So to wrap this up, got a couple things. This is a question that will come up on the screen, because again, because we're working on our mentality, our identity. Where does my mind go when I experience a setback? Pause, think about that. Where does my mind, where does your mind go, where does my mind go when I experience a setback? If you somehow think that that's the end, you are so wrong. God does not see that in you. So two hints to being overcomers to finish with. The first one is overcoming is a mentality. That's a fill in the blank. It's a mentality. And my hope is God's going to shift our mentality to know Wait, when things get me down, this is not the end of the story. God doesn't see it at the end of the story. Let me do an illustration for you. $20 bill. Who wants it? Aha! You were maybe the fastest. $20 bill, right? And if I would say, hey, who wants a 20 Virtually everybody would go, well, I'll take it. But what if I do this? Who wants a $20 bill? Because <laughs> we're all smart enough to know something, right? The value and the power of this has nothing to do with whether it's wrinkled or damaged or not. It has the same buying power. It has the same value. I could put this on the ground, crinkle it up, step on it a few times, and still hold up this crinkled thing, and I'd say, who wants this $20 bill? We... Yeah, I'm in. Now, can I say there's something in there regarding you and regarding God's perspective of who you are? You have, yeah, we got, you got a wrinkle, and you took a, a crumbling. That does not diminish your potential and what God has called you to be, how God sees you. And we need some more of that in our lives. You were fast. Come up and get the, 20, get the crinkle dollar, $20 bill. But some of you are like, man, I got it there. But... Doesn't that make sense? There's a truth in that. Last fill in the blank is, second hint is, overcoming is a spiritual partnership. That's just the good news that God does not just say, you go do it. You can do it. He also says, I'm going to be right there with you. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.